Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. This episode, episode number 53, is called Proper Dishwashing as Hypocrisy Deterrent. That's not detergent, that's deterrent. Anyway, we'll talk more about that in just a few minutes. I don't know what you think about dishwashing. I don't know if you have a serious opinion about that. I grew up where my little brother, Jim, and I were expected, probably not as often as I think, to take turns with the dishwashing duties at our home. I used to wonder why we didn't get a dishwasher. And I guess the answer was we already had two of them, at least. I'm sure Mom and maybe Dad did the lion's share, I'm not sure which one, honestly, of the dishwashing. But Jim and I did, let's just say, some. We certainly did some. And we took turns. One of us would wash and one of us would dry. And that's the way it all went down. Now, of course, years later, I discovered what I'd long known, and that is, yes, there are things known as dishwashers appliances, kitchen appliances that will actually do part of that work for you. And so my wife and I eventually bought a dishwasher. I remember the first one was one of those, you know, that was on wheels and we needed one that was on wheels. It had a cutting board on top. That was kind of nice. It gave us a little extra counter, but we needed one on wheels because we needed to wheel it out of one house to another house or whatever, because we were young, we were newly married and we were in apartments and that kind of thing for a good while, and so it needed to be relatively portable. But I remember from my earliest exposure to dishwashers being somewhat disappointed, because at least in our household, and I've heard this story repeated, my wife felt like the dishes almost needed to be cleaned before they went into the dishwasher, and I didn't see a whole lot of point. If we had to wash them before the dishwasher washed them, well, pray tell, where is the good in that? And we're still kind of that way. Now, dishwashers have come a long way. And I understand, and I've tried to tell my wife this, that really they're made so, and the dishwashing soap is made in such a way that they actually need a few scraps of food and some material such as that on them to interact with the chemicals, enzymes, whatever, in the dishwashing detergent to make them wash better. I don't know if that's ever really made any headway with my wife at all. That argument doesn't seem to phase her. We still pretty much wash the dishes before we put them in the dishwasher. But I will say, somewhere along the line in our marriage, we came to a conclusion, an agreement. We all of us in our marriages have some unwritten rules, some unwritten understandings. And in ours, the understanding has been that I'm the one who takes the trash out, that I do that part, and I rarely, if ever, wash dishes. I will occasionally put a dish in the dishwasher, but I don't do a whole lot of dishwashing. She mostly does that. I do the trash and some other very important things, you know, some very key things to the proper functioning of our household. 
And so we've got this agreement, nonverbal, it just is. And dishwashing is not that much in my purview. So anyway, most of us have some kind of a relationship with dishwashing. It's just something that we have to do. I don't guess we think about it all that much. We just do it. Anyway, that's enough of that. I am glad you chose to join us today. Let me just do a wee bit of an ad here. For lots of years, my brother Gene and I have been working with the Christian Appeal devotional magazine. It's a little magazine, about 20 pages long. You could almost call it a pamphlet, but it's been coming out for an awful long time. Gene was the editor and has been the editor for 60 years. He was the editor by himself and did all of the work of the thing. It involves fundraising. It, we've had a lot of great contributors over the years and still do. It involves the circulation. He's had help with that, but that's a big, big job. It involves, of course, the setting out of the themes, the planning of what's coming up next and in the next few months. It involves the layout, all of that. Gene did that lion's share of the work for a lot of years. And then almost 40 years ago, hard to believe, he brought me on and I became the managing editor. Gene became the senior editor. He kept the fundraising and that kind of thing. And the circulation was still done there based in Amarillo. I did the themes and the layout and that sort of thing. And we've been doing that for a long time. It's been a good thing. It really has. But all good things come to a time when they need to end. We decided it was time to throw a party and say thank you to the Lord and all of our great contributors and helpers for what's been done over the years. And we decided that since June 2023 is 60 years for him, that'd be a good time to have that as our last issue. And so it will be. So I'm telling you about something that's about to end, but I want to tell you this. If you're interested in getting the issues between now and then, just drop me a note at my website, www.curtisshelburn.com. That's C-U-R-T-I-S, no space, S-H-E-L-B-U-R-N-E.com. And just ask for the magazine. Send me your address there and we'll get you on the list. Again, it's going to end in June, but you'll get a few issues. You also can go to christianappeal.com. Again, that's one word, christianappeal.com, and see everything that we've done for all of these decades. Took an amazing amount of work to get all that stuff up there, and we are particularly grateful to our webmaster, Terry Grimm, for getting that done. Terry's done a great job with that, and we really appreciate it. I remember doing a whole lot of scanning. Oh, I scanned and scanned and scanned on our church copy machine to get some of those issues up there, the early ones that were done before we did PDF files of each of them. I don't want to get into the technical stuff here, but I'll just tell you, you can find somebody that will scan things archivally for you. If you have receipts and invoices and those kinds of things in your business that need to be scanned, people will do that. All it needs to do is be legible, but that's different when you're scanning something like these magazine articles and issues. You want them to be not just legible, you want them to look good. And so I just about scanned my brains out, but we got all that stuff up there. And so we have 60 years of issues of the Christian Appeal up on the website at www.christianappeal.com. Now our plan is to keep the website active for a good while. 
After June, we won't be adding new issues to the website because there won't be new issues to add. And although some have asked kindly if we're going to continue in online format, the answer is no. First of all, because I'd have to do just as much work as I do now personally, and it's probably time for that to be done. And secondly, because if I continued this work, my wife would probably kill me. She is of the opinion that 40 years is enough, and she'd probably like to see me sitting on the couch occasionally without a laptop in my lap, trying to do proofreading or layout work or whatever, as I usually do in the evenings, it seems. So anyway, it's time for it to end, but the website will continue for a good while. Lots of good stuff there if you'd like to check that out. Again, you can drop me a note at my website or at the christianappeal.com website if you'd like to say anything, give any kind of feedback, or if you'd like to subscribe to the issues that we have remaining. And so thank you to those who've been supporting us all of these years. Thank you to those who are interested in this, and I really do hope you'll check it out. I think you'll like it. And now let's focus on faith. Be not deceived. Proper dishwashing matters. At least Jesus seemed to think so. In Matthew 23, he scalds the religious leaders and Pharisees for their hypocrisy. You are frauds who scrupulously clean the outside of your cups and make them shine while the inside is full of mold and maggots. You love to look outwardly religious, the most pious of the pious, but your souls are full of greed, rapacity, dishonesty, and extortion. Wow, that's pretty head-on, pretty straight. Jesus doesn't seem to have much use for hypocrisy. And, of course, we don't consider this all that funny because we've heard it before, but it really is kind of humorous, you know, to think of the cups and the plates and all of that that someone would wash very scrupulously on the outsides but leave last week's dinner on the inside. Earlier in the same chapter, Jesus warns his disciples, you should listen to what your religion scholars and Pharisees tell you. They are proficient in their teaching about Moses and religious law, but don't do what they do. They don't practice what they preach. Even as they load people down with rules and don't lift a finger to help carry the load, they do whatever they very well please and bask in the honors accorded them as holy men. Their religion is a sham and a show, and they have no real love for or relationship with God at all. And that's the bottom line, isn't it? For our hearts and our worship to be filled with life. For our souls to be filled with life. It's all about a relationship with God. Jesus warned us about being judgmental, but he seems to be seriously recommending here some discernment. Being judgmental makes us arrogantly assume that we'd never fall into the ditch our neighbor has fallen into. Being discerning means asking God to help us see and avoid ditches and recognize folks who'd lead us to jump into one. Now notice, Jesus doesn't say, forsake the temple. Get away from organized religion. He's not recommending Jesus and me and the TV, or the wildly popular approach, I'm so spiritual I can hardly stand myself, but of course I'm not religious. I am religiously not religious. 
pat self on back here, I've had it with religion, said, of course, very religiously. The problem is, you see, we're human. That means sinful and easily deceived, self-deceived, and Satan-deceived. If we worship at our own church with a membership of one, we needn't think we'll get away from human hypocrisy. Our church of one will almost certainly be awash in it. That argues, I think, for our sincerely praying that our own relationship with our Father is real and honest, though we often fall short. It argues for making the effort to have a real relationship with others who are working to have a real and honest relationship with Christ. The job is just too big to tackle alone, and it requires discernment, up and down whatever religious structure we're a part of. Though Christ's church is his beautiful bride, we needn't think we'll escape some bouts of ugliness and hypocrisy in the human expressions of his church here. All the vessels are leaky, but it's still far better to be in one helping bail than to be outside by ourselves treading water. The principle is far-reaching. Some teachers teach selflessly. They love teaching in spite of the foolishness being continually piled on them by state bureaucracy, clueless politicians, etc., and they bless children immensely. They work within the flawed system to be a far better blessing than the system deserves. Why? They love their students. You couldn't possibly pay them too much. But a few other teachers within the same school or district or state, well, their motives are on the opposite end of the scale. You could not possibly pay them too little. We all see this in so many areas of life. It may be more starkly apparent with regard to faith and religion, but should we be at all surprised to find in groups of religious leaders, large or small, in whatever religious tradition, some who love their Lord and his people unselfishly, even while some are political smoozers who've glad-handed their way to the top and love, as Jesus said, the best seats and the praises of their followers more than God's approval. At every level, we can find those who truly love God. At every level, we can find those who are hypocrites. I've enjoyed over the years a series of mystery novels set in a monastery in 12th century England. Spend much time reading that series, and it will become clear that a humble monk in that quaint monastery knows and follows his Lord far more intimately than does their land's archbishop, whose religion centers mostly on his religious career and power. But would we be justified in such a situation in painting all lower-level monks as truly holy and all bishops as hypocritical scoundrels? Of course not. Or would we be justified in feeling self-righteous because we're sure our group gets the organizational chart right? eschews overt hierarchy, and is above the fray and not as tempted by religious show and hypocrisy as others. Uh, then and now, life is never that simple. Small church or megachurch, humble pulpit or mega diocese, those who love Christ and his people far more than they love themselves, bless us all. And those more power-hungry than pious are a trial and a stumbling block to us all. No perfect system exists. We do well to ask for discernment. We do well to pray for our Lord's help to be a blessing wherever we find ourselves trying to serve. And we do well to realize that the only way for us, fallen creatures that we are, to avoid as many snares and as much hypocrisy as possible, 
is to genuinely love our God with all of our hearts, souls, minds, and strength. We'll need our Father's continual dishwashing help to get that done. To know how often we do a poor job of it, that's progress. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.